Today is a very big day for the Autism Science Foundation. We have our annual Science Advisory Board meeting where we'll be discussing the 70 or so pre- and postdoctoral grant applications we received this year. They were all so amazing, the bar is very, very high. Higher than I ever remember before, but I'm not surprised. This is a tough funding climate and the research is getting better and better. That is good for families who want better answers to their questions, but maybe not so good for scientists who need to constantly up their game. So this week I'm gonna keep it short and I promise to stay away from things like STDs. Last week I had to discuss genital herpes and I won't be doing that again this week. I did wanna update everyone on some recent studies. One as recent as two days ago that looked at biological markers of changes in brain function following early intervention. The hope with early intervention is the brain is more plastic at that time than at older ages and is more sensitive to inputs that can change wiring, connections, and the way the brain communicates across different regions. As autism stems in part from a disconnection of brain regions or an inability for different cells to properly connect, early intervention at that critical early time when the brain is still forming could possibly allow the rewiring of brain circuits important for social communication, social cognition, emotion, and cognitive ability, improving not only symptoms of autism, but things like intellectual ability that seem to make symptoms worse overall. But in order to prove that that is what is going on with early intervention, you need to study it. And you also need to look at the brain. You've heard me say the best way to do this is by studying postmortem brain tissue, but that's not always possible. So let's say the best way in this case is through non-invasive measurement of brain activity and other ways to measure the brain's reaction to different stimuli as a marker of brain function with or without the presence of early intervention. So that's what these researchers did through a very multidisciplinary cross-site collaboration. It was led by Emily Jones in the United Kingdom, who worked with a group of infants who had an older sibling with autism. So they were up to 15 times more likely to have an autism diagnosis than someone without an older sibling with autism. Without knowing who was and was not going to have an autism diagnosis in this group, they split the group up and one group got early intervention that was delivered by clinicians and parents at home and one group that got some educational materials. Now when I say early intervention, this is really early, like nine to 11 months of age early. Now the group that didn't get this parent-delivered intervention was not just ignored, they were monitored and followed and also allowed any community-based services including education and clinic-based intervention, but it was not the experimental parent-based intense intervention that was given to the other group. The point is, they weren't trained to deliver an intervention at home, but they also weren't denied accessibility to other services. And frankly, between 9 and 11 months, there's some, but not many, autism-specific interventions. They're more general for general development. Then, all these kids were followed up about a month later at 12 months of age for early markers of social attention, speed and depth of processing of social information, overall attention, and engagement. And then they did this again at 18 months of age. Remember from other studies of early intervention last year that sometimes the improvements are not seen for years and years down the road. 
Hopefully, this study will continue looking at these kids years and years from now. But for now, let's just settle for 12 and 18 months. Since they took a group of infants and randomly split them into two groups and then looked at the outcomes later, this is called a randomized clinical trial, and it's considered the gold standard of a research design. I should also say that Dr. Jones has been devoting her life to this. Last year, she found that at six months, kids who went on to later get an autism diagnosis, or I should say infants, had altered patterns of habituation to social and non-social stimuli. That's why she chose patterns of habituation to either social or non-social stimuli as an outcome of interest. So now on to this part, giving an intervention that focuses on social attention and motivation. The researchers found that compared to infants who were only assessed and monitored, infants who received the intervention from 9 to 11 months of age showed indications of improvement in metrics of social attention at both 12 and 18 months of age. The high-risk infants who received the early intervention also showed responses that appeared broadly more normative. Normative means they had brain responses that looked more like those without a family history of autism. And what's remarkable is that the intervention ended at 11 months, but at 18 months, the improvements were sustained. This could be because the parents continued to deliver the intervention long after their initial training and clinic time is completed. But that's just a plus of parent-led interventions, and I don't think it's a minus of the study itself. The study joins others in this area that suggests that early interventions delivered prior to the emergence of autism symptoms can improve brain and attention-based measures of social attention. Here is a direct quote from the article because I couldn't have said it better myself. Quote, given that social attention is believed to be a core mechanism by which infants engage with the social environment, and if altered can potentially disrupt normal behavioral and brain development, these results are promising that preventative approaches to reducing disability associated with autism are possible. So they're not talking about preventing autism, they're preventing disability associated with autism. I'm so excited about this. I'm going to put it in the 2017 year in science and hopefully other studies looking at biological markers over time will also be in there. Thanks for listening. I told you this would be quick. Next week, I'm also going to share some new exciting findings on genetics. There's a study coming out that is going to blow you away. I'll talk to you soon.